the last word on business. With Fitzgerald Power, offering innovative corporate finance solutions for every business challenge. FitzgeraldPower.ie a little earlier than usual because we have Dahi O'Shea for an extended culture club after six o'clock. Ian Guider from the Business Post is with us. We've lots to talk about. Enormous reaction to our first item today, Bank of Ireland's financial shenanigans last night and the people trying to take advantage of free money. Leaving aside the ethics and morality of that, what does this tell us about how Bank of Ireland still hasn't got its house in order in relation to technology? Well, first of all, there is no such thing as free money, Matt, but we have to think about Bank of Ireland over the last five or six years has invested around a billion euro in its technology systems and upgrading all of its technology platforms. It was a big choice of its former chief executive, Francesca McDonough, to introduce a big redundancy scheme that got rid of thousands of staff from its branch but to spend hundreds of millions of euro in total upgrading the bank's IT systems. I think Sorry, was it not up to 2 billion euro eventually? Well, I think that's the cost of everything, including voluntary redundancy and consultancy. What you're seeing, Matt, over the last couple of years is so many of us are using the apps to do payments. There's so many different transactions as well going through the system. They're just not really able to cope. You've seen all the banks over the last number of years have problems with their apps because the volume of payments is so much. I think what we're going to see in the next couple of years is there's now only effectively two and a half banks in this country with about five million customers between the three banks. This is AIB, Bank of Ireland, Bank of Ireland and, and Permanent TSB as the half bank. That all of these banks are now going to have so many volumes of transactions from customers and businesses. We're doing taps with phones, we're doing it with watches and everything else that they're going to have to spend a whole lot more money. And that, of course, Matt, will have you pass back on to consumers because the banks as we know they like their profitability and they like to pass it on to customers to pay for all of these upgrades. Okay but surely if they want to protect their position against upstarts like Revolut and others they can't just take years to do this. Surely it has to be done faster than that. But then again, as I said to Andy O'Donoghue earlier, where Sync, for example, their app that was supposed to be the competitor to Revolut. This is a problem that's going on at the moment. There's such a lack of competition. When you think of it, we've had over 1 million accounts from Ulster Bank and KBC transfer to the other three banks over the last year that their existing systems were built for the fact that Bank of Ireland has about 2 million retail customers as they class them. They added a couple of hundred thousand when they took on those KBC loans and the people transferring for Ulster Bank. They weren't expecting this. The systems weren't expecting it. And also, I know people like to say, oh, there's people around the country using cash. We are using digital apps so much more that they are struggling to keep up. The issue now is how much more money will they have to spend over the next couple of years? But also, as well, how much more money will we have to pay? Because there's nothing worse, Matt. I was trying to log on to Bank of Ireland uh, yesterday myself. I'm a customer. Oh, sorry, they were, I was too. And they were actually telling us that it was our own fault. We have a problem with our own internet connection. Never it mind, wasn't. Never mind all that thing about people using social media to try and take money out. Is If you don't think you can access your bank account, that causes a panic within itself. And making sure those systems work is going to be a big issue for the banks. You texted me earlier about the... Our T report done by Grant Thornton and you went all Logan Roy on it. <laughs> so 
you choose your language carefully, please? Uh, Matt, look, let's be honest. If you look through that 70-page report by Grant Thornton today, carried out by their head of forensic accounting, they actually can't really tell you much about this €120,000 that Ryan Turbody didn't receive, that he was entitled to, that he said, I didn't get or didn't even want. What the Why suggest- didn't he take it? This is also a mystery. Why did he turn around and say, I don't bother giving me the 120000 well, maybe he had a bit of public service in him, says, look, I've earned enough That's money. Fair enough. I suppose but, we'll have to ask him or the public but, but Matt, the point the point here is look what that report shows oh well RTE were scrambling at the highest and lowest levels in the organisation to say we don't want to be seen to be paying Ryan Tuberty more than half a million euro senior people within the organisation from the CFOs to the Director General all the way down to administrative staff are trying to work out this problem here instead of thinking this is an organisation that has a 340 million euro per year budget and they were focusing on one individual's pay because they were frightened of either the public or politicians seeing how much Ryan Tuberty was earning because, of course, they wanted a licence fee increase. And that shows to me a total dysfunction of all management within RTE, all staff dealing with this were showing we need to keep Ryan Tuberty's pay below this money for some particular reason. And the reason I brought up Logan Roy is, well, surely you cannot be serious in an organisation with that level of turnover that this was the entire scope of your things. It shows to me that the board of RTE needs to focus on running the organisation, but also that we have to look at, I said it yesterday, the funding of RTE, Matt, the licence fee, people are not paying it. We spoke about it yesterday, that it's now nearly €5 million Euro down. There has to be a better way. OK, you read the Grant Thornton report. Brian Stanley couldn't answer this one for me adequately, I think. If there was 120000 extra paid to Ryan Tuberty above what was declared, was that one hundred and twenty in his contract to be paid? It was in his contract, Matt, but he didn't take it. He didn't receive it. And no, no, it was, no, not the bonus. The 120,000 extra in 2017, 18 and 19, which effectively got in cash, but wasn't declared. No, Matt, the, the issue here that, that I think a lot of people are mistaken is he didn't actually do the extra work for it. That is the problem but here. But he still got the money. He didn't get the money. He did not get the actual huh? money. He, he didn't did, actually get the cash. He didn't get the cash. There's a whole load of issues here in which there are things in reports saying set off and offset. I, I can tell you right now, there is nobody, I've been in business journalism 20 years, you've been in it 30 years, and we cannot explain this because we now have different, interpretation, different interpretations of this report. And the fact that the accountant cannot even say it's my supposition that they wanted to keep it below 500 just says to me there's a whole other issue here that needs to be investigated. You mentioned Francesca McDonough previously at Bank of Ireland. The other most senior businesswoman in Irish corporate life, Siobhan Talbot, announced today she is to retire as the chief executive of Glombia later in the year. After how many years in the job? After 10 years in the job and I think it's fair to say that she has set a trailblazing path. Yes, there have been former women who have run Irish companies and Herity at CPL, Francesca McDonough at Bank of Ireland, but they are pretty much Irish-focused businesses or European-focused companies. Glambia is a global company and Siobhan Talbot has run it for 10 years and transformed that business. A lot of people would have known Glambia for its milk business here in Ireland, Avonmore and Premier Dairies. 
they no longer owned a majority of that business. She transformed it into a business that involved in what they call performance nutrition. So you think of those big drums of protein powder you see in sports shops. You think of protein snacks and bars. Optimum Nutrition is their main brand. She has led the transformation of Glambia into a huge business. The fact is they employ thousands of people in America. They don't even report their figures anymore in euros. They report them in dollars because they're such a big American company. And she leaves that business when she took over in 2013. The share price was around €8.50. Today, it's just under €15. It had gotten as high as almost €19. This is a company that is worth billions of euro. It employs people here in Ireland in its head office, but it is huge in the United States and she transformed that company. She's handing over now to Hugh Maguire, who has run a lot of its American business for the last 10 years. He's a 20-year veteran of Glambia. So she has been a trailblazer and after 10 years, there are very few chief executives that can say they have doubled the share price and led a lot of returns to shareholders. In about 20 seconds, tell us about the extraordinary profits of Centre Parks. Yeah, happy holidays to anybody who's down there right now. You are spending around 281 euro per day on average according to the most recent accounts and that meant that their turnover last year 2022 up by 30 million to 87 million euro and a profit mat 19.6 million euro they made last year that is an extraordinary amount of money thank you very much ian guider from the business post the last word with matt cooper weekdays from 4 30 today